You're listening to a sermon from Bent Tree Church in Loveland, Colorado. For more information about Bent Tree, visit BentTreeChurch.com. Good morning, Bent Tree Church. Welcome. Uh, We are so happy to have you here the day after Christmas. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Hal Hudson Jr., and I am Bent Tree's youth pastor. Uh, I've been leading our student D3 groups on Wednesday nights over in the Generations building this past semester and looking forward to getting started back up this upcoming semester. Uh, I've been on staff here at Bent Tree for about a, since June, and I've been attending Bent Tree, whether online or in person, for about a year now. I'm blessed to have the opportunity to come and preach to you from God's Word. Uh, we are continuing in our Christmas series titled The Gifts. Uh, This series, we have been focusing on how Christ coming and dying on the cross for our sins is the true gift of Christmas. Had it not been for Christ's death, paying for our sins, there would be no spiritual reason to celebrate Christmas. Because we are sinful, living a sin-filled life destined for death, with no hope of redemption. The amazing thing about Christmas is that Christ came to earth and that Christ has chosen us so that we might have eternal salvation. For today's message, we will be in Luke 2, 25-35. If you would like to go ahead and turn there now. Uh, yeah, We'll be studying two individuals who knew that there was a promise of justification. These two individuals that we will be studying today were living at an interesting time. People of this age could not just see Jesus and say, That is the Messiah. They weren't even looking for the Messiah to be a baby boy. They were looking for a king, a military leader who would come and overthrow whatever empire was over the nation of Israel at that time, making Israel the new empire. The people of Israel didn't realize that their king would come as a baby, whose death would one day pay for our sins. However, the two individuals we're studying today did believe in the coming of the Messiah. They were expecting him to come as a baby. Both of the individuals were anxiously awaiting his arrival so that they would be able to point towards the Messiah. They longed to be able to proclaim to the world, go, listen and learn from Him. He's the Messiah. Follow Christ. If you're able, please stand with me for the reading of God's Word in Luke 2, 25-38. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace, as you promised. For for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people, Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thought of many hearts may be revealed." There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter for Nuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, 
and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Here, we see in this passage that Simeon is a devout Jew. He serves the Lord fully. Simeon is awaiting Israel's consolation. Now, if you are like me, you probably had the thought while reading through that passage, what does consolation mean? Israel's consolation means that Simeon would see the start of the Messianic age, literally meaning that Israel's consolation is the waiting for the Christ, waiting for the Messiah, the Messiah coming in, hence the start of the Messianic age for Israel. Now, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is on Simeon. This is something to be pointed out as a specific trait for Simeon. The fact that it reads, the Holy Spirit was on him, is saying the Holy Spirit was on him continually. In Old Testament times, it was not uncommon to see the Holy Spirit speaking or inspiring through individuals. But the Holy Spirit being with Simeon continually is rare for that time. In verse 26, we see that the Holy Spirit spoke to Simeon, telling him that he would not pass away until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. In verse 27, the Holy Spirit leads Simeon into the temple where he is led to Jesus. Now let's go ahead and take a look at 228-32. Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace, as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Do you get this picture in your head? Okay. So Simeon is finding Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And Jesus is only eight days old. Mary and Joseph are making their way throughout the temple. There are literally thousands of people. And most, if not all of those people, are people that Mary and Joseph do not know. And then out of nowhere, this old man by the name of Simeon comes and finds Mary and Joseph, thanking God and telling God he can release Simeon from his work for, because he has seen the Messiah, Mary and Joseph's son. Mary and Joseph do not know who Simeon is. Just imagine if you were in Mary and Joseph's footsteps, well, in their place, uh, walking around with thousands of people, and a random stranger come and finds you and recognizes your child as the Messiah. Something you believed until about eight days ago that only you and your spouse knew. If it was me, I'd be blown away. I'd be asking, how do you know who my child is and who told you all of this? Simeon is proclaiming, my eyes have seen your salvation. This does not mean that Simeon has been blind and can now see that he is holding the Messiah. Simeon is proclaiming that he has seen the Messiah. Simeon has seen the Lord's salvation. Jesus is the gift of salvation to everyone who accepts him as their Savior. Simeon is recognizing that the little boy he has found in the temple and he is holding is God. This baby is Christ Jesus the Savior for all peoples, not just Israel, but all peoples. Simeon is recognizing that this little baby boy was born for the entire world. All who accept Christ as their Savior will be able to see that Christ is the Messiah. 
but Israel will see Christ in all of his glory. Christ is our salvation, but to the people of Israel, Christ is their Messiah. In John 1.14, it reads, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Christ Jesus is the Word of God lived out. He is the literal fulfillment of the law. For those Jews who were practicing Judaism at the time, to really see Christ for all his glory was not a guarantee. Just as it is not a guarantee that every one of us will recognize Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus as our salvation. Just because they had memorized the Torah does not mean that they were able to recognize Christ as the Messiah. We see this specifically in the testimony of the Apostle Paul, who was himself a devout Jew. A Hebrew of Hebrews, as he would describe himself. The Apostle Paul, before he became a a Christ follower, was studying under the highest of Old Testament scholars of the time. Paul would have had his PhD in Old Testament studies had they been handing out PhDs back then. Paul was unable to recognize Christ as the fulfillment of the scriptures. Paul was blind to it. That is, until Christ had revealed himself to Paul on the road to Damascus. This is why Paul is so passionate about sharing the gospel with the people of Israel in Acts 22. It is in this passage where you can see Paul give his testimony, stating that he was zealous for God, seeking to follow the law, persecuting those who were following Christ because they were not following the law, specifically because they were claiming Christ as their Messiah. This was and is a direct threat to Judaism as a religion. Paul had Christians killed for following the fulfillment of the law. Paul was staying true to the law, trying to stay true to the law, but was persecuting Christians for they were following the fulfillment of the law. It wasn't until he was going to persecute more Christians that Jesus revealed himself to Paul. And Paul started following Jesus. For It was then, after Jesus had revealed himself to Paul, that Paul was able to recognize and fully see Christ for who he was. Paul was a devout Jew who was staying true to this law. Paul missed that Jesus was the Messiah. Paul tried so hard to stay true to scriptures. He was, Paul was doing what he thought was protecting Judaism. He thought he was doing what God wanted him to do, by bringing the people that were following this false Messiah in Paul's eyes, Paul thought he was doing what God wanted him to do, but he was persecuting the very one who God sent. Paul had Christians killed because they were following Christ. Paul was unable to recognize that Jesus was the Messiah. Until Jesus revealed himself to Paul, and after that, Jesus had already, sorry, (laughs) Jesus had already ascended to heaven, and Paul did not follow Christ until Christ was gone from the earth. Simeon does recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. Only eight days after Jesus has been born, Simeon is recognizing that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, the word dwelling among the people. Isaiah 49, 6b reads, I will also make you a light for the nations to be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Simeon is recognizing here in Isaiah that 
that Jesus has been sent not only for the nation of Israel, but for all peoples. We know that Simeon was devout to the scriptures. Whether or not Simeon was a rabbi, we do not know. But Simeon being devout, Simeon would know what Isaiah has to say about the Messiah. He knows that Christ came to earth to die on the cross, not just for the people of Israel, but for all peoples. Take a look in Luke 2, 33-35. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. In verse 33, we see that both Joseph and Mary were amazed at what has been said about Jesus. Joseph and Mary both know that Jesus is the Son of God, Uh, because they were approached by messengers from God. Simeon approaches Jesus and his parents, recognizing that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one who the prophet Isaiah wrote wrote about. Can you imagine Simeon's excitement? Because Simeon sees that this baby is the whole reason for God's relationship with Israel. This baby is the whole reason for the last thousand years of Israel's history. Generations and generations have passed with no Messiah coming. This is what everyone has been waiting for. With Simeon recognizing that this baby is the whole reason for God's relationship with Israel, Mary and Joseph, they're st- it's starting to click in their minds. Okay, Mary and Joseph, they, they haven't lived in Jerusalem. They haven't been following the law. They, they don't know Isaiah as well as Simeon and other individuals in the Jewish community. But Mary and Joseph, they're starting to recognize now. Like, oh, this child really is the Son of God. Like, we know because angels came to us, but people we don't know are coming up to us. Eight days ago, we thought we were the only two that knew about Jesus being the Son of God. But when the shepherds came and saw Jesus after he was born, that, that was something. But when there were around thousands of people and people are recognizing this child is the Messiah. This child is the Son of God. Verse 34, Simeon states that the child will cause the fall and rise of many in Israel. Simeon is talking about those that will accept Christ as their Savior and those who will reject Christ as their Savior. Simeon knows that not every person, not every Jewish person will recognize that Christ is their Messiah. He knows that there's individuals that will just not believe that he's the, he can truly be the Messiah. The Messiah is supposed to overthrow the Roman Empire. In verse 35, we see Simeon give a warning specifically to Mary. Simeon knows that Jesus is ultimately on her earth to die on the cross for everyone's sins. So Simeon gives Mary a warning that it will be incredibly hard to see Jesus die. Jesus is her son. Mary is being warned about Jesus' death on the cross. This had to send ice water down Mary's veins. She could never imagine all the suffering that Jesus would face. By the way, you've got to remember, Mary is most likely only 14 or 15 years old at this point. And she's being told that the baby that she just had is eight eight days old, 
this baby is going to die on a cross, which is a horrific death, but he's also going to take on your sins, Mary. Joseph's sins. Simeon's saying he's going to take on my sins. He's taking on all of our sins. From here, Luke shifts in what is he is on who he's addressing. Simeon's testimony fades as we now see the testimony of another individual who is looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus. This is the second of the two individuals we are looking at today. As his parents bring Jesus into the temple, into his father's house. Listen to how Anna is described in Luke 2, 36-38. There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter for Newell of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. There are two important things I would like to highlight about Anna. The first being that Anna is born from the tribe of Asher. At this point in the first century, the tribe of Asher has decided that they do not want to live any type of holy life. They don't want to live for the Lord, and they're done following the law. They have cut themselves off from the rest of the nation of Israel. Anna has chosen to leave her family, her tribe, her family behind, and to go live in Jerusalem, the holy city. She left her entire family to, fought, to go live in Jerusalem because she knew that there, there was a reason for the law. She knew that there was the, a Messiah would be coming. Second thing is that Anna has been living in or around the temple for a long time. She's a prophetess. She, it says she's been there for 84 years, whether she was there for 84 years after her husband passed away or whether she's 84 years old. Either way, Anna's pretty old. Um, she's been there a long time. She's, she's been listening and hearing the teachings, teachings from the prophet Isaiah, and she's been also teaching and profiting about the coming of the Messiah. Both Simeon and Anna are able to recognize the baby Jesus as the Messiah. They are recognizing that Christ Jesus came down to earth to die on the cross for our sins. They are believing that his death is what will turn their spiritual death into life. This is the term that we have termed as justification. Jesus died on the cross so that we might accept him as our Savior, being justified and glorified in him so that we might be able to have a relationship with God. Both Simeon's and Anna's testimonies gives us a great glimpse of how Jesus, being sent by God to die on the cross, has always been the whole point of the Bible. Simeon and Anna are living their lives as Jews in the first century, following the law as best they can, knowing that the law reveals the sin in their life. Now this is interesting, especially to me, Instead of getting technical and having a legalistic heart and checking off the boxes, yep, I didn't eat any cheeseburgers this week. I went to the temple every day. They look forward to the Messiah. Think back with me to the time of Old Testament time with of Abraham. Abraham is the guy that God has called from his homeland to a new country. God has told him, I want 
to make a great people out of you. In other words, God promises Abraham that he will give him lots of descendants, and one day those descendants will bless the entire world. Now we know what God is promising is that the Hebrew people will come from Abraham. Now here's the setup for what happens in chapter 22 of Genesis. God tells Abraham to go and sacrifice his only son. Do you see the problem with that? If Abraham's only son from his wife Sarah is killed, then God's promise of creating a great nation out of Abraham will never come true. But in faith, we see in Genesis 22, Abraham go to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Abraham obeys God. Now Abraham has shown his faith in God as a God who can turn death into life. God had promised to Abraham that all of his children would be blessed through his son Isaac with Sarah. Abraham followed God, even though it looked as though Sarah would not have any more children. Abraham took his son to sacrifice him to God. Abraham did so not out of his fear for the Lord. Abraham did so because he believed that God would turn death into life. God was able to turn his barren wife Sarah with a child turning death into life, and he will be able to do it again. Now let's bring that into our story with Simeon and Anna. Both of these two individuals are looking back to the Hebrew Scriptures. Again, they don't have the Messiah there, but they know that God is able to turn death into life. They're looking forward to the Messiah so that he might turn death into life. They're not looking at Abraham's obedience towards God, but at his faith. That Abraham has the faith to believe that God can turn death into life. This is the same thing that they're believing in, that God can turn death into life. They have faith that God will send his son, Jesus, to turn death into life. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about in Romans 7, verses 4 through 6. Therefore, my brothers and sisters... You, you also were put to death in relation to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another. You belong to him who was raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions aroused through the law were working in us to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law since we have died to what held us, so that we may serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the old letter of the law. Now listen closely. The law that Moses laid out plus our sin equals death. Okay, here's, here's a math equation for you. Okay, law plus sin equals death. The law plus sin equals death. The law plus our sin equals our death. The Israelites were given the law to show them their sin. The law was given to the people of Israel so that they would have to be dependent on God. It is impossible for man to live out the law. When you take the law plus our sin, that equals our death. That's our default status. We have all sinned, haven't we? Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and lack the glory of God. But when we accept Christ as our Savior, 
we are now made alive in Christ. We are born again. Jesus was sent by God the Father to die on the cross so that we might believe in him, being raised to life from our death and sin. As we are nearing the end of this Christmas season, I urge you to truly look at the gift that God has given each and every one of us. God sent us to die. God sent Jesus to die on the cross. And Simeon recognized that this baby he was holding was going to do great things. Simeon also knew that this baby boy was born to die for the sins of those who would believe. Simeon knew that Christ would defeat death and that God would use the death of Jesus to work in the hearts of both Israel and the rest of the world. That he would use this to bring others to have faith in Christ so that they might have a relationship with him. Now I want you to look back one more time at the Apostle Paul who was a scholar and studied the scriptures night and day. He knew the law. He knew what the prophet Isaiah said. And Paul was unable to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Paul did not recognize that Jesus died for Paul's sins and everyone else's sins so that we might be saved. Paul killed people for believing in Jesus. It wasn't until Paul didn't recognize that Jesus was the Savior until Jesus revealed himself to Paul. As the Christmas season is coming to a close, I urge you to recognize that Jesus is the true gift of Christmas. Jesus died for each and every one of our sins. He died for my sins. He died for your sins. He rose again, turning death into life. Turning our sins, our spiritual death, into spiritual life for us. This Christmas season... Recognize that Jesus Christ is your salvation in his death paid for your sins. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross, turning death into life. I pray just for this Christmas season and how it is so easy to get wrapped up in all the presents and all the shopping and all the Christmas movies that we'll be able to turn and recognize that Jesus is the true gift of Christmas, that his death on the cross is what is paid for our sins. And it's not just the gift of a baby boy, but the gift of forgiving of our sins, Lord. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Bent Tree Church. To get connected at Bentry and for more information, please visit BentreeChurch.com.